Welcome to the NDA podcast. We're here to challenge topics the industry has been keeping under waiver for years. Unfiltered conversation with no fear of being cancelled. Bringing creatives of different levels, different backgrounds, and very different opinions together. Debating the issues we only dare discuss over our Twitter DMs. So get ready for some honesty, because we're about to break all the NDAs. Hello, pals. Welcome back to another episode. Really keen to get into this one today. It's not something that a lot of us have experienced. So this week's episode is an epidemic education. Who better to enlighten us than those who were there? We've got some grads and lecturers who want to share what went on during those really difficult years, how everyone had to adapt, and which bits went well and not so well. I'd like to just caveat this episode and kind of acknowledge the fact that the effects of the pandemic were obviously really far-reaching and for a lot of people devastating. And the intention today is not to diminish any of those experiences, but we're going to try and focus on this really singular aspect of, of living through it. So now that's out of the way, let me introduce you to my lovely, lovely guests. Uh, Nikki, why don't you kick us off? Hello, my name is Nikki Sorkeld and I'm a senior lecturer in graphic design at Falmouth University. And I head up predominantly the first year, although I do teach across the second and the third year as well. I'm Martin Schooley. I'm the course leader for uh, the graphics courses at Norwich University of the Arts. I'm Claudia Agate. I'm a midweight designer at Fiasco, which is based in Bristol. But I'm a previously was a student at Falmouth University during the pandemic. And I was in third year when the lockdown all kicked off. Um, I'm Niraj Kainf. I'm a designer slash studio manager for an artist called Imbue um, and I help organise Birmingham Design Festival and I was a uh, student in my second year when lockdown happened or the first one. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you. Um, I'm Katie Cadwell. My pronouns are she, her. As always, my job is here to kind of relay what I've been hearing in the NDA DMs and lots of calls that I've had with uh, recent grads, uh, which is plentiful this week, actually, because understandably, some people aren't super comfortable sharing publicly their experiences just yet. Lots to discuss. So for a bit of context, because I can't believe this, the first years... Um, who were in first year in 2020, I've actually only just graduated. So we've just kind of had the year that's gone all the way through it. Um, So I thought it made a little bit of sense for us to kind of go chronologically through it, actually. So if we start with D-Day, I guess, everyone could maybe chat about that first email they got that made them realise, oh, this is actually pretty, pretty serious and what happened in the kind of immediate aftermath. Yeah, Neeraj, why didn't you kick us off? Um, Yeah, so when we realised that was when they said, um, we were doing a big collaborative module with loads of different courses, and when they said to us, oh, you have to do it all online now, um, and we were like, oh, shit, sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Um, You can swear. um, (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) it was three minutes, and and I'm already swearing, Uh, my bad. Um, So so, we we were a bit like, oh, no, what's going to happen to this? And I think I remember just sitting in the living room and like, looking at my phone and um, looking at the emails and watching TV, like this feels like some sort of start of an apocalypse, like a walking dead theme. It was like, mm. should I be worried about uni now or should I be just worrying about family? Um, so yeah, it was a bit, a bit of a surreal moment um, to kind of process. Then I kind of just went on my PlayStation and kind of forgot about it for a bit. And then 
just sort of like, <laughs> I thought, okay, this is a problem for another day. Claudia, what about you? Yeah, it was quite a similar experience, actually. Like when that first email happened, it was similar thing, like rumours were sparking here, there and everywhere, like, oh, lockdown's going to happen. We're not going to be able to go to uni. You're not going to be able to get all your stuff. Go in now and get all the paper you need. But um, yeah, the, the minute that, that email happened, it kind of like sent me, and I think I'm speaking for quite a lot of people here, like everything was like a bit numb. Like you, I didn't know how to sort of react. It's like, oh, is this all worth it? What's the, what's the point of like continuing doing all this work? Because for me, it was like the final sort of few months, that deadline was literally looming in like a few, maybe mm. a couple of weeks. So we were all like, okay, what, what's next? How do we how do we hand in? <laughs> do we have to like yeah, post yeah. it? Um, so yeah, it was all just unknown as it was for everybody. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a yeah. real wacky time. Mm. So while these two were kicking back, Nikki, <laughs> you were having to do the complete opposite. Was yeah. it like panic stations, or that's what I imagine it to be like? It was a mixture of different things. I I I was in Canada in January that year because I'd been invited over to give a, a lecture there, and I remember coming back through the airport, and it was crazy. And I think that the in Toronto they were very very mindful that this was going to be big. And I and I was with my colleague Ashley, and and I'm ever the optimist. I said, "Oh, it'll be fine. We'll all be fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it." And then it just snowballed. And we were also heading for a collaborative practice project with our second years. We were uh, bringing together a first year book project. We were planning our exhibition. We had all these speakers lined up, and we sat in the the lecture theatre, all the staff. And, um, and it was a little bit of a meltdown, actually, in terms of, well, what are we going to do? How, you know, the university had to, to make the decision. We couldn't make that decision. And, that, you know, that mm. was tied up with lots of sort of really serious issues around funding and student finance. And, you know, there had to be that, that um, officialdom from the government in order for us to make those decisions. So although we, we could see this happening and we knew that things mm. had, ha- had to, to, to really happen quickly, we were all waiting for those bigger decisions by other people in order for us to then start kind of giving that information out to students. So it was a very strange time. I suppose, if I'm honest, hand on heart, I did think it would just be for a couple of months. Yeah, but I think that's just my own naivety. Uh, I, I think there was a bit of disbelief in the UK at the time that it that it would even land in the UK. But I think early March we started to do a few things at the uni, but we did them online as a bit of a rehearsal. I think so. We started using Microsoft Teams, which became the, the sort of key online tool for us. I think other places might have used something else, but. Um, we, we at least had a few sort of semi-rehearsals, by which I mean some of the sort of course leader level and above were working on teams a little bit. But it was very, very quick. Suddenly, suddenly the sort of lockdown was upon us. Classes and, uh, you know, in every way that you can describe a class, you know, a group tutorial that had been arranged um, up to a lecture to whatever, all of those groups had been um, assigned to teams and we we just started using it and I f- it felt normal almost within within a couple of weeks um and it was slightly helpful i think that some of the students 
just didn't engage, which took a little bit of pressure off, weirdly. It's a sort of odd thing for me to say because actually you don't want your students not to engage, but some of them didn't, almost allowing you to kind of catch up and figure things out. But the other thing that was really super good was we were given key worker status, not initially. It took, took months, I think, for the uni to get that approved, but it meant that we could come in to the university even when lockdown was on. Yeah, that it felt it felt really seamless, and I and I think, I think that the students that were engaging actually kind of really enjoyed it in a way. Yeah, I've heard a few people say, I really thought about deferring in that moment, or when everything kind of dropped away, I started to wonder if the course was for me. They said they felt like a bit of an experiment. Almost. I think that I think there definitely was um, an element of that. People went into, well, what are my options? How? What? What do I do? How do I respond to this? And and rightly so. You know, people were weighing things up for sure. Um, I think that initially, that the particularly international and overseas students, they'd packed their bags and a lot of them had left before that decision had even been formally made because they were worried, their families were worried, so they'd gone. You know, so the ball was already rolling and uh, those decisions were already slightly out of control. You know, and we had to kind of steady the ship, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, it was slightly different at Falmouth because we don't have a huge cohort of international students. And uh, as I said, we were in a little bit of a bubble down here, but I am an external examiner at UAL and the majority of their students are from China. Um, in the course that I, I look look over. So, um, you know, there was really serious concerns about how that was going to be managed and, and those students leaving and time time scales and timelines, you know, people in different countries. Teaching across that is very, very problematic. There was definitely some lack of engagement, in, weirdly, in, in the second year cohort. But, you know, second year often can be a bit like that anyway, even in, even in the best of times. There can be a, it, it can be the kind of year where you don't have the wild-eyed sort of panic of year one and you don't have the sort of um, pressure of year three. Um, but year one and year three were, were fantastic in terms of how they kept coming to all the classes, albeit online classes. Um, you're quite right about internationals. We don't have a huge international student population at, at Norwich, but um, the, the beauty was that we, you know, you could, you, I might have had a tutorial group with one international student in it and four or five um, UK students, but on Teams, it's all, it's all kind of equal, provided the time zone thing wasn't a problem. The only other sort of, you mentioned the word leave. I mean, there were students, there was a few students that um, took a kind of what we call intermission, which is when they sort of step off, that they pause their studies really by agreement with the university. And there were a few that did that. And undoubtedly there's, you know, the, the, the whole episode, you know, I'm sitting here saying how seamless and easy it was. Of course it rocked everybody's um, minds. And, and there were people confused by the scenario and uh you know worried about it but all universities kicked in with a certain level of additional support particularly around things like how um submission would work so we rapidly kind of rewrote if you like our expectations for submission um, and we also extended our academic year i think by about three weeks um and like a lot of universities, we put in place a, a sort of policy at the exam boards to compensate for 
what might have been lower standards because of the circumstances. But no, none of that was unique. I think I think everybody did some version of that and put that in place pretty early on. Claudio, I can't imagine you considered deferring being so close to the end. So, Neeraj, did you think I'm going to defer or any of your friends have a bit of a wobble at um, that point? Yeah, I think, like, pers- me personally, I didn't want to defer because I was a director interested in second year and I thought the whole reason I kind of wanted to stay in uni was to kind of make new friends and meet new people. Um, and I thought if I was to defer, I'd have to kind of go back on progress and redo it again. But I think I did. Mm. I remember hearing discussions from other students and saying that it was kind of like every man for themselves kind of thing. Like uni doesn't matter to me anymore. I've just got to prioritise my safety. Like mm. it's not. It's just a piece of paper for some people who are thinking that. Um, but for me personally, yeah. I just car- wanted to carry on and just keep going. Claudia, did um, I've heard a couple of people say they they didn't finish their projects. Things were so kind of. Uh, unbalanced and everyone felt so sort of unsteady that they didn't finish. So I spoke to one student who had six projects on the go and didn't finish five of them. And I, I'm not sure how that, like what that implication had on their grade and stuff. But so did you, did you finish everything that you, you had going? No, I was planning on doing the ISTD um, like project. So that the type graphic book project. And mm. I literally started uni and did the um, sort of, bookbinding workshops I was like I'd love to do this this is like my dream when I'm in third year I'm going to do this project and I had my heart set on it and it got to yeah March time and we weren't allowed to use like the printing facilities I just thought the whole point of doing this project is to think about the paper and the binding and none of that was doable Mm. so I ended up just scrapping it and I did all of the research and the ideas and just didn't end up making it in the end um, and I think mm. the something sim- happened with a few other people on the course wanting to do, as you say, like DNAD projects or just any of their own self-initiated ones. And they just kind of lost that interest or that motivation to continue doing it. Yeah, we, ha- we had to make changes to expectations of what students could do as well. So the, the assessment um, was changed so that students could could be able to accommodate the assessment needs so so the the amount of projects that we requested was changed and the way in which students handed their work in was changed so so there was Mm. accommodation in that so definitely students didn't finish certain projects or had to drop others because it just wasn't reasonable to to suggest that they could do those yeah so I guess Let's jump to the end of that year then. So, Claudia, you're about to throw your metaphorical hat. Well, you're getting to do that, aren't you, next week? So finally, well-deserved. That final moment, the like we did it, I guess explain a little bit about how that felt, wrapping up uni, final deadline, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was the actual deadline day was not what I expected it to be right at the beginning. It was a little website link that we went on to and we uploaded a PDF and it said, congratulations, you've finished uni. And it was like, great, <laughs> now what? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was quite, in a way, sort of anticlimactic, but I think um, there was a good bunch of us that I'd quite, I got quite pally with on, online and stuff, and Niraj is one of them. And if it wasn't for that sort of design community at the time, on Twitter especially, like, I, I don't know how I would have sort of been so positive and upbeat about it all. Um, mm. It's just that whole, like, collaboration and connecting with people, but through a screen. And I'd only just met some of these people, like, last month. So um, it was, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I think 
definitely like um, what Claudia said. Like, I think that was one of the more like positive spins to it. Like, I don't think there would have been any other opportunity that I could have think that I could think of that where I would have met students from Salford, Falmouth, Manchester, or, or yeah. London, even like other countries like Germany as well. Um, like Claudia said, like have you met, you realise there's so many more people like you um, out there who are going through the same same sort of emotions and feelings and same situations, and you, and you really get along with them, and you know they probably are like lifetime friends. What was the vibe going out into the big bad world? I'm hearing internships were cancelled, studios had put designers on furlough, so even though the community was offering portfolio reviews more portfolio reviews than you could shake a stick at uh, what was what were the opportunities what did it seem like the opportunities were going to be I, it was I wouldn't even I can't even remember but like it felt almost quite bleak in a way like looking normally you'd go out and go on their instagrams or go on their websites and it'd be like summer internship scheme and it'd be every single studio that you'd want to go to would have a scheme Whereas that year there was there was nothing, so it was kind of one of those moments where you just got to make the most of the what you had and the tools you had, and just try your hardest mm. to sort of make do something positive or do something that would get people to sort of be interested in you. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people compared it that sort of those sorts of graduates who so like the 2007, 2008 graduates when they had like the financial crash and like similar sort of feelings of. Um, oh no! What um, there's no jobs out there, or we don't know what's what's going on. I think it wasn't until I think maybe later on in the year, in 2020 or 2021, where people started doing like remote internships, and I thought that really sort of kind of broke down geographical barriers. And like you could like say, oh, I interned for someone in like London or Amsterdam or something, and mm. it's kind of different where you where you just don't sit next to a designer all day and in a studio environment, and then you don't you kind of learn by osmosis and. Um, sitting mm. and just talking and asking random questions because um, everything is so much yeah. more regimented online and you kind of sometimes you might feel a bit um, silly or a bit like oh do I ask these questions or am I responding them with messages I felt really bad um, mm. that sort of vibe. So Martin and Nikki you've seen a few uh, ebbs and flows of the industry not that I'm suggesting you've been around a long time. <laughs> Were you around in the financial crash? Uh, but yeah I uh I guess you've seen the industry pick itself back up. So what were you kind of saying to people? Or did you also think, wow, I really don't know if there were going to be jobs for this lovely, talented bunch we're about to push out into the world? I think that, um, you know, the design industry is, has always been a barometer of what, what's going on out there. And it's often the first to to feel the effects of, of wider mm. problems. And it's also the first to, to pick up when things are picking up generally as well in a kind of cultural, political or financial way. But my heart broke for those graduates that year because, yes, there were some opportunities online and the and the design industry really did step up. I mean, they were falling over themselves to help and to accommodate and to be as proactive as possible. But at the end of the day, um, you know, a remote, a remote internship is nothing like a proper internship. We're quite lucky anyway. I mean, we've got a really good... Um you know really good track record particularly on the graphics courses of getting people into work fast and there was nothing there was just you know and it's completely understandable so in answer to your question yeah we felt pretty pretty terrible but alongside what we were seeing industry doing we 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 were kind of inspired by that and did similar things at, at, at sort of uni and course level ourselves lots of sort of um 
communications back out to, to graduates around their own kind of resilience and how and how really frankly just telling them how amazing they were and and telling them to sort of stick with it you know keep busy keep um active keep working keep keep developing work even if there's nothing no one to send it to as it were because uh, you know the sort of phrase i used to like using was i said i want you at the front of the queue when 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 things change and um, we the, the way that universities collect their data about the graduates um, and their employment status is is it's always it's always quite delayed. It's about twelve or fifteen months after the event, and so we do now have the data for the twenty twenty graduating group, and it's actually really good because they did stick at it and they did eventually um, pick those opportunities up. Yeah. What about you, Nikki? Have you? What are the positives that you've spotted? Um, well, there have been positives. I mean, I suppose from a from a, a teaching perspective, you know, it's shaken us up for a start. We've had mm. to rethink how we communicate and how we can communicate and how we can deliver. Um, it's also really ta- changed the way that we we record work. We um, record what we're delivering in terms of lectures. So we have this amazing comprehensive learning space now, I hate to use that word, but where everything, absolutely everything we've done within that module is there and it's accessible mm. and it's revisitable. So, you know, it's an enormously wealth, uh, enormous wealth of kind of um, content and resource, which is which is pretty good. Um, I think I think we've all learned to, you know, again, in education, you know, we plan in advance, we we tie everything down. And, you know, as as designers, that can be really, really annoying because, you know, we mm. want to be fluid. We if something comes up, um, we're distracted and we're interested in other things. And in education, sometimes you can't do that. So it's been quite good for that in that, you know, that idea of being able to be a little bit more kind of autonomous and agile and change things and. So that's been quite positive, I think, as well. I also think that uh, a lot of people who were in design agencies at that time who were on furlough, I had a lot of conversation with ex-students who started new projects as well that were independent mm. little projects and they'd done, done little love projects and started amazing things. And so, you know, I think it's been a real sort of boiling pot of new stuff that people perhaps wouldn't have done before as well. Yeah, they've learned all sorts of things. And I think they're just, um, they're probably a little more entrepreneurial. They're much better at promoting their work. Um, they're much better at reaching out um, and, and you know, w- in whatever platform that happens to be. Um, couldn't be pr- more proud of them, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not going to condone this, actually. Um, but I did have someone say that they started freelancing while they were in uni, which meant that by the end, when they graduated, they actually had studio work to put into their portfolio, which obviously harder to do when you're in the room with your lecturers and they're like, what are you up to here? Sending an invoice. <laughs> so obviously there's a flip side to the coin. We've we've touched on it. Facilities is a huge one, but what did we miss out on? Face-to-face time. Someone mentioned the library. Like, I think it's really easy to quickly jump to letterpress and photography studios and all the like jazzy stuff. Um, but obviously just not having access to a library is a, is a huge one. So kind of just wanted to say that on behalf of that person in my DMs. Um, and then 
rubbish Wi-Fi, tech issues, not being able to hire equipment. How much time did you spend dealing with all that stuff? Yeah, um, I guess like like for me, I really like library and I really like design books. Um, and also for a lot of students, there's just like good design books, I guess, or magazines. They are quite expensive, like, you know, maybe I or a unit editions book. They're, they're lovely books and really good. And you, I think you must be really privileged if you can get one if you're a student because um, of the prices and I think my library unfortunately didn't have stuff like that but they did have some good content and I think that was one of the things I really like like getting because I guess as designers you're very visual people and like you kind of know mm. and appreciate books and magazines and I think that you kind of you can learn a lot more like the way I especially for me like for, with some books I'd have a look at it and say oh, okay this is a really cool binding technique I'm going to use that for a project um more so than actually looking at the content or like how things are laid out um and things like mm. that um but yeah and i think the facilities as well that was a major big thing like and i think i think that was one one thing that was quite a negative i heard a lot of like it was like some universities had more access to things than others like some didn't have any access to any facilities some were allowed to go in and hire equipment um and i think there was kind of like i guess a divide with some students who felt like uh, re, I guess really frustrated where they can hire out equipment and like some students couldn't like I know photography and at, at my um, at my uni they couldn't hire anything outside the building so like some students who might want to be like um, take photographs in certain um, situations and um, landscape stuff they just couldn't physically couldn't do it and I can only imagine mm. the frustration um, of like you know you're kind of have to, having to change your whole practice um, around that because yeah. you can't access certain things. Um, yeah, I think another sort of thing that obviously got cancelled and was the sort of like end of year shows, the sort of chance to celebrate what everyone had achieved over not just that year, but like the three years and just kind of all come together mm. and just like support one another. Um, obviously that couldn't happen, um, which was a real shame. Um, but I'm glad, happy to say that obviously this year's ones happened. So at least like um, the one people that had started in the pandemic got their proper closure and proper end to their yeah. uni experience. I mean, fundamentally, yeah. there were some students at the beginning, particularly first years, who just didn't even have a computer, a personal computer. You know, they mm -hmm. were using university um, Macs. So we had to we had to very quickly do an audit of students to find out who had access to the kit that they needed. And there were, well, not a lot, but there were some people that just didn't have it. So, you know, we had to, we had to, make sure that they had provision you know and um you know i had conversations with people that were perched on the edge of their bed you know they didn't even have a space to work where where they were at home so there wasn't equality in how students were able to work remotely and that that was very difficult for a lot of students and you know and and that that you know that division in terms of um those that have and those that have not was really really obvious and really difficult as well so yeah, there was a, a great deal of kind of um, rushing around to try to get people kit to make sure they had access to it. But there were some things that you couldn't change. You just had to accommodate what you expected from that student and, and what they could reasonably expect to do themselves as well. I mean, in some cases, students couldn't, let's say, have camera on because their Wi-Fi just wouldn't handle it. Um, uh, in other cases, some students didn't have a laptop, but they could join in a Teams conversation on a phone. Not ideal, but if that was all that they could do, then, 
you know, th then that that was all they could do. Um, I mean, we weren't in a position as a university to hand out hundreds and hundreds of laptops and things. It's just it wasn't it just wasn't possible. But what we did do was clearly articulate our reduced expectation, shall we say, around the work that they could do. We would we would not we would talk to them about how they could much more domestically, if you like, um, create work, make work, photograph and record work or document it um, within the constraints that they had, which were considerable. It's crazy to think that like digital poverty was such a big thing that got like kind of exposed during the pandemic. Like I was a course rep and I remember sitting in a, a call or seeing a um, sort of survey showing that there was thousands of kids at the university who just didn't even have a laptop. And you, you'd think that that's like a, it's a it's a normal thing. Or just, But then you realise that actually there were so many students I used to see like um, sitting in a library or sitting in those designated like areas to work and just do their own stuff because and they'll be sitting there for hours and then it kind of makes you feel a bit I guess privileged in the sense that you've, you've got access to that and you know like I have my own desk and things like that and you kind of yeah I guess it puts things perspective to you like it's something you don't think about much but then that really got exposed quite a lot during um, education and during a pandemic. Mm. I think as well for first years coming in, um, you know, that, that some of them came into to halls and they didn't see people. <laughs> you know, they were just in their rooms with their, their tech uh, and that was it. Yeah, which is a really intense uh, situation for anyone, let alone the first time you're away from home. So the people making the decisions, I think it was Neeraj who maybe mentioned about when people could go in, who could have equipment, and it, I think there was a huge disparity across the UK. Um, but they, those decisions were being made at the very, very top of university or even as high up as, like, into government. I, I expected to he feel a little more um, <laughs> frustration or anger towards the tutors, which I really, really, really haven't heard at all because it just, I guess the vibe I get is that you were all a bit caught in the middle of those decisions. Is that how everyone still feels about it looking back? Yeah, I think um, like for me personally, like, I think in the like 2020, the um, like my, my first couple of months of lockdown, I think just before the summer holidays, I think that was everybody was a lot more understanding then. And I think in the new term for me, especially having a lot of people like between September and December were really kind of, uh, for me and my peers felt really frustrated at hearing like others, like students getting to do that, do certain things or go for certain places. Um, but it's like, there was also like a whole like kind of thing about is graphics a or graphic design course is that a um is that allowed to be in person or is that an in-person like kind of course and for me obviously it does make sense but maybe someone higher up they must think oh they just do stuff on the laptops so they can do that from home they don't need to be in um but yeah i think there was i think towards the second half of the year there was there was a lot of frustration towards tutors but then you kind of have to step back a bit and realise, OK, they're just probably as stressed as you. Like they've been on teams for how long they've got a plan and they're trying to engage people. And I think there was like a whole you could see like at the start of 20 for the holidays, there was a lot of students with their cameras on and wanted to be engaged and talking. Then by the end of it, nobody could be bothered. They were just sitting in the pyjamas and like, some of my mates were waking up like five minutes before a team's call. Um, like, that was a ringtone, <laughs> the, team, the team's uh, notification sound was that they, they like alarm clock. Um, and just refused to put the camera on saying, oh, it's not working or whatnot. And I think, and I think because being that time of year as well anyway, everyone's really like kind of deflating, just want to stay in bed and like kind of seasonal sort of thing. Um, 
there was a lot of frustration, but I guess this frustration was aimed at the tutors who couldn't really do much, and they were probably just as frustrated and just wanted like help out as much as they can. And like, mm. yeah, I mean, I had a, I had several calls with people in bed in their pajamas, with their laptops, you know, <laughs> perched on on their laps. We didn't have we didn't have a sort of. Uh, the kind of rules established around what was good practice of, of being online at those times you know we were just we were just learning those things but I suppose that that's another thing that we you know that forced that intimacy to some degree in terms of the connection that we had with our students as well because you know you were in each other's homes you know you had all the detritus of being in people's homes with dogs and kids and how many mm. times did people have to get up to answer the door to postman and deliveries you know this constant sort of in, in, intrusion into into your life which is your professional life suddenly blurred mm. with your your domestic life and you know and I think that that sort of sense of humanity of we you know we're all in this together really did come across mm. so you didn't feel like people were taking it out on you Nikki yeah. as the kind of buffer to the the buffer to Boris no I, I never felt like that and I and I and I was always amazed at how how understanding and uh, brilliant the students were. And I'm not just saying that, they, re they really were. And clearly there were frustrations and people were afraid and people were anxious. But the only way that we could deal with that is to continue to communicate, you know, and if, if, you, com if you communicate, even if you don't have the answers, but you are in communication and people know that you're doing your best, um, mm. and that you're trying to resolve as many things as you can, then I think that, generally speaking, people are, are OK with that. But I think it's when there's that radio silence or people just don't know what's happening next, mm. then that, that's when problems really start to arise. And Martin, were you hearing negative things from the students at all? Of course, it's interesting, isn't it? Because students have friends who, who are doing a similar course elsewhere. And there was a little bit of chat um, about about that but not necessarily negative I, I i don't remember any students coming up saying well my mates at so-and-so university and they've got longer opening hours or they've all been handed a laptop I, we didn't suffer from any of that here um so no it was it was sort of not too bad but yeah i, I mean it might be that at a more senior management level there were more conversations taking place between similar similar people at other institutions but not a great deal at course level yeah um i'm going to segue on to the topic that everyone wants to avoid money um obviously it is nine thousand pounds a year which is often questioned anyway so was it worth it? I, that's I guess let's ask let's ask both of you first. Was it was it worth it to you? I definitely think one hundred percent. Because without university, you wouldn't have the in your, any work in your portfolio. Like that wouldn't all of those projects that uni helps you facilitate. That is what you the outcome at the end of the day, and that's what gets you a job. Um, but besides mm. that, like university. I went into university as a very shy, very anxious person. And don't get me wrong, I still am shy and anxious, but it allowed me to sort of come out of my comfort zone and and do things that weren't what I've, I thought I'd be doing and different practices and different techniques and everything. Like it mm. allowed you to spread spread your wings so far and try everything. Um, 
where if you was your was your last year worth the same as your your second year and your first year Claudia it's hard to say because my third year it was only three months that got um affected compared to other years Mm -hmm. that was the full year um I think it actually weirdly to say like benefited me because I had such a a bad work-life balance like I would work all day and hardly ever have a break even on weekends and things and I think even the lockdown just allowed me to to even just go on that walk a day that I wouldn't normally I wouldn't give myself that break or pause in the day to just do something so the lockdown did help in that respect so I think I think the the final year was as good as as the previous years gone by weirdly to say um um yes and no um like, <laughs> like I think um very diplomatic yeah yeah, yeah like um I think yeah like what Claudia said is completely valid the same sort of um experience for me like I've, I've met so many incredible people at university and you know from so many different backgrounds and, and cultures and and like you know there's so many opportunities that I had and getting involved in the community in in my city that I would never ever get anywhere else and I think um mm. you know it's um that is definitely one of the, the biggest benefits for me going to university and I, that was that could have been um, basically I think the university university was or the course was a catalyst for loads of other things happening in the design community where I where I am and um across the UK um was like a kind of like a stepping stone into into it but I think like for Claudia like saying that she was like she was about three months where you were online but for me like being graduating in 2021 it felt like the final year definitely was not worth the amount of money like for me I think okay yeah that's fine like I paid we paid the fees and you know I accept that and that's that's just what it is I can't change that um and I think that the only way I think to be sort of diplomatic about it, I think that the, like this government, or it's not to get political, but um, this government would probably like never, would never give students like a, um, put the prices down or anything like that. And I think there's a lot of petitions I saw online and I even signed some to say that, you know, bring it down a mm. bit or something or give us a refund. And I think the only way I could see it working is students who graduated between or during the pandemic, they should probably be given some sort of discount or something or some sort of reduction in their uh, repayments just because I think that the quality was probably not the same or what they expected. Because, like, I mean, in all these, like, petitions and the government responses, they'd always say universities have to ensure they're providing a high-quality learning, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of, like, nuanced. I guess it's, it's a bit of a grey area. You don't know. You're kind of hard to explain what is that. And then if some universities, like we mentioned earlier, were giving students a lot more facilities. They probably wouldn't have said that as much. I think it reflects well as well, like the National Student Survey and stuff like that. And I think it was the lowest, it was like satisfaction rates across the board were the lowest it's ever been, like ever, I think. And I think that was, there's always going to be like an asterisk next to it saying, well, this was the pandemic year. Um, so yeah, those, those are my thoughts for that. So Nikki and Martin, you've seen a few non-pandemic years. So what do you think? Was it worth it? Well, I think there's a bigger question about whether or not education should be that much money in the first place. Uh, but that's beside the point, I guess. Um, I think in in, in ter- I think I'm right in saying this that in the kind of more practical courses, like the art and design courses, when we could come into the studios and use the facilities, we did. Whereas other universities that were more academic based um, never had that opportunity to come back in. It was all moved online. Um, so there was there was sort of in and out times as well when when we could come back in. It's a difficult one. I mean, we definitely put on a lot of stuff and we still put on a lot of stuff. 
if students use those opportunities well and actually engage with all those opportunities, yes. But there, there was a lot of fatigue in terms of that. Mm. And so some students just didn't go to some of the amazing lectures that we had or some of the online uh, drawing. We had an amazing online drawing and stuff. And so if you didn't do that, then, you know, maybe you didn't get your money's worth um, yeah. to some extent. But it is a really difficult one. And, and hand on heart, you know, what students signed up for, did they get that? No, probably not. Not in terms of the the quality of the kind of criticality and the thinking, but just the experience, just the experience yeah. of, of being in a studio, being with others, having those facilities. So it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. I can't, I can't speak for them, but if I were a student, I would, I would feel miffed that I, um, <laughs> to put it politely, that, um, that that happened to me. What do you think, Martin? Well, I think if you're going to be really honest, you'd have have to say no. If you if you look at pure, you know, value for money, you know, some of those student fees are paying for facilities. Um, and it was at one point, you know, within the national lockdown, you know, against against the law to use them. So, you know, there were there was that problem around people not being able to access, say, the, the really good printers here or laser cutting or goodness knows what. Um, we had a little bit of chat across the university about students wanting fee reductions, but I am fairly confident in saying far less of that conversation happening at Norwich than seemed to be the case even from the mainstream media because it did start to hit the media about students and the conditions they were in and wanting fee reductions and all, all of that sort of thing. Um, I think the better you can communicate and the better you can you know work with your students and and talk about what's going on and why it's going on the better clearly um but the other impact of facilities and not being able to access them was that when things eased up again uh it had created a kind of um if you like a little vacuum of confidence and or knowledge in what those facilities were and how to use them uh, some of our workshop teams early, early even in this year were saying that the, the uptake of, um, you know, in terms of access to those workshops was really low, even though people could get in them again. So we, we actually needed to do some work on in encouraging people back and explaining this is why you would go to this print room uh, and this is what you can do in it. Um, so we did, you know, we, we kind of redid, if you like, almost tours of those workshops so people could see what they were like. We had we had someone come up to our studio and literally demonstrate what the what the large format printer could do. Um, so there, there is a sort of um, there's a bit of catch up there to do around, you know, the, the physical side of, of graphic design. And it is one of those sort of courses that, that's got a strong connection to physicality. Um, and there's something in that whole idea of, of, of digital assessment as well, which is, you know, we're, we're, I'm personally hoping and looking towards a, a much more hybrid assessment in the future where physical elements that would be best seen and handled in that way are, are, are given in physically and you know everything else can be digital um, because you need to you need to hold things sometimes and you know you know run bits of paper through your fingers and sniff the ink and all the rest of it um so uh yeah there's a bit of catch up there i think around what the facilities do and why you would use them so i've i thought i would read out 
a couple of messages that uh, of people that are absolutely miffed. Um, people saying that they had a direct comparison to the year before them because they did a bit of uni with them um, and they really felt how un how unfair it was and they kind of saw the different experiences. They entered into a contract. Universities are a business. They agreed on a certain set of, uh, I guess, benefits and they didn't get them. So they literally paid for something they didn't receive. People still paying interest on their loans, even when they weren't receiving education. I've heard a lot of people talk about contact hours being really, really, really reduced down to like two or three hours a week because the tutors were trying to juggle so many different students. Um, People saying that the universities realised they could actually save quite a lot of money by not opening up facilities and that they saw they were kind of reluctant to do that and they thought that that was kind of a money-saving thing. Um, but then I saw this really lovely quote, which I thought I'd end on. Um, and this is actually Alice Fraser. I don't think she would mind me saying that. She said, I missed out, but they don't owe me anything. I really like that. Um, so last couple of questions... Was the work better? Somebody said to me, to make good work, you need to feel really comfortable, really supported. To make brave work, you need to feel completely at ease. Um, and also that some design needs to just be picked up and held. So maybe, Martin, as objectively as you can be, was the work worse off? I'm going to say something that might sound really odd, but the, the work that first... Um... The work we first saw from the 2020 third years was astonishing. And one of them said to me much later, a year or two later, that the reason or a reason for that was that lockdown just forced them all to just focus on the work. They weren't out and they weren't partying and all the rest of it. And they were on the final run in to hand in anyway. Um, and, and, and at the top end, it was truly brilliant and it was objectively better than the previous year i don't think the middle and the lower end were any different um possibly they they might have been a little bit worse because some people would have suffered from not being amongst their peer group where a lot of kind of um accidental learning can take place um but the, the, initially the standard of, at the top end I think was higher and I would say the same of, of the year that followed the, the, the students that graduated in 2021 again produced an amazing array of work um, so I didn't see huge drops in standards to be honest uh, at all and I, I think graphics is one of those courses that can adapt more easily to the um, environment that we found ourselves in and I and I do sympathise with colleagues who, anyway, who teach on other courses, where um, perhaps reliance on lots and lots of equipment. Um, I'm thinking, say, for example, if you're, I imagine anyway, I don't know for sure, but I imagine if you're a film student or, um, I don't know, I can't think of another example, perhaps a textiles or a fashion student, where you need what are, the, what are in those classrooms. You know, our studios are mostly desks and chairs and, and lots of people chatting and lots of people on laptops, that sort of thing. Um, but and, and therefore, you can kind of do that from home, the difference being you don't have lots of people around you to support you. But that didn't have an enormous impact, um, initially, anyway. And I, and I think... In the second year, we could come in a bit more, and as I say, the year we've just had, there was there was almost almost kind of back to how things were. So I haven't seen a big drop in standards.
I don't think the quality of ideas suffered at all. I think that the you know students, you can't you can't suppress good ideas. You can't you can't take that away from people. So thinking and creativity, innovation, absolutely, it's as good as it's ever been. Hmm. But I think uh, I think for the students who are perhaps not as able. Um, or stuff or struggle perhaps more with some academic elements or study elements it was definitely more difficult for some of those folk but um i i don't i don't think i think we were actually really uh really surprised and amazed and delighted that when the work came in how wonderful it was and how well it was communicated as well i mean i suppose that comes to do there's a lot to do with the, you know the platforms upon which we're looking at it um but there wasn't that ability to pick it up to smell it to feel it to sift mm. through it to enjoy it in in that way um but yeah i think um if you're talking about quality of ideas no definitely not i guess both of you do you feel like you made good work were there any moments where you're like this is just shoddy at this point <laughs> but hit, hit submit <laughs> there was definitely moments like that there was times where I was this was like I did not want to, it to be so close to the deadline but I was doing a project literally a few days before the deadline because I knew I had to hit that number of projects mark and I was like crap I'm gonna have to just make something and do something um, mm. And it wasn't how I wanted it to be submitted, but it just ha happened to be the only way <laughs> to pass the course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think the work that during that winter lockdown, I think the work I made then, I haven't shown anyone that ever, like apart from my tutors. But <laughs> I just, I just draw work. They yeah, call literally. That. <laughs> I just um, I just so embarrassed about it. Like I just it was just so um, like I said, I think the ideas and stuff like that were really. Um, I don't think anyone's ideas were ever affected like that. Well, um, like, like you said, um, I think that it's just the execution that I just mm -hmm. thought this isn't my best work. And I think that I could, if I had facilities, say, for example, or um, had the opportunity to make this piece for real life instead of doing a mock-up, I said I can make such cool, make it look so cool. And like, I just, I just sip it and I was like, yeah, forget this. Um, like, I'm, I'm thankful they, um, <laughs> they're mocking me because this is not my, my best work. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just going through that delirious state like what week of lockdown are we on oh, yeah, oh yeah. no <laughs> yeah, so I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna play call of duty instead of I'm just, I'm just gonna, yeah. <laughs> um, what do we think the long lasting impacts of the epidemic are like have you seen anything that's manifested as the students are moving through university now yeah I mean I I, I think I think that there are some some kind of concerns around ideas of presenting and sharing work um, because a lot of students didn't feel comfortable about doing that. Like you said, they didn't want to turn the camera on or, you know, they might talk about what they did, but they wouldn't always share their screens. And, and so then you'd see work right at the end um, and it could have been stronger or better had it been more more collaborative more discussion and you know you know what it's like you learn from your peers you know you if you're working in the studio if you're not having that you you can be in that 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 world where you've got your blinkers on and think i'm working hard i'm doing everything you know i'm i'm at the top of my game here and and but you're just working in a linear way and, and you know and it's almost sort of becomes um 
well, just there, there is nothing that's coming in sideways to interrupt that or to, to make you question it enough. And so for me, that was a real problem, I think, for a lot of students. Um, I also feel that, you know, like the first year that, that we've just seen this year, they've never actually been assessed in, in the last few years. They never actually had to hand work in or to be judged mm. in, in that way for assessment. So, you know, it's changed the way we think about assessment for sure as well. And how, you know, how important is assessment? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna, final question for the grads. Uh, looking back, uh, would you change it? Hard question when you're both sat here so successfully in front of me. Oh, that's such a difficult question. <laughs> I guess, like, if, if my work suffered for a bit, um, I guess it's all right, because I feel as though I've, like, recovered from that um, a bit and, like, done so many other projects and got involved in so many other things kind of away from uni or... Because I enjoyed... I think that was... Because there was so much more, like, collaboration between other students, like... Uh, like, the, um, the artist Cratchit Thomas set up loads of really cool projects, um... To, to get students collaborating design Manchester and stuff like that. And I think that if it wasn't for those things happening, I wouldn't have met so many cool people. And yeah, like I said earlier on, like um, that's something I'm always be grateful for because those are like, I guess like mm. friends for life and like people I really want to keep in contact with and, you know, just chat to all the time. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have changed it just for no, that I sense of like, the, like making that community online. I know, I know it's probably really boring to say, but I got to completely agree. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything that I would go back and change just because everything happens for a reason. And, and those people that I've met as Organ because of this situation. So, and, and those are the people that I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't have done any of this without them. So um, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for how everything was, laid out so let's let's not let's hopefully not change it anymore <laughs> what a lovely optimistic note <laughs> to end on i love that um thank you so much everyone good luck with finally getting to graduate and managing multiple multiple graduation ceremonies in a short space of time um yeah i really appreciate it so thanks everybody Which brings us to the end of the episode. So if you made it all the way to here, thank you. A couple more asks from me. If you could hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, then you're not going to miss out on all the episodes that are coming up. We're talking about things like salary, promotions, design awards. It's going to be juicy. The other thing you can do is leave us a review, which actually makes a massive difference. So let us know what you think of this episode. And if you want to be involved or actually just know someone who would be really good, you can always jump into our DMs, recommend them at the NDA podcast on Twitter and Insta. The absolutely banging soundtrack is by Jamie Alul and Toby McLaren. We're trying to be as accessible as possible here. So all our episodes are recorded remotely. So no one needs to shell out for equipment or transport costs. We're also uploading everything to YouTube with closed captions. So that's there if you need it. If you need anything else in order to kind of listen to us and hear the content, then please just let me know. 
Finally, a personal thank you to Katie from Creative Boom, James from Be Heard for just answering all my emails and my incessant questioning in starting this podcast. I'm Katie Cadwell. This is NDA. Catch ya. Thank you.